Hi there, and welcome to a new episode of ArtCast. My name is Seth Megulaw, and today I am joined by a very special guest, Kenzie Newberry. Kenzie graduated from Bluffton University with a degree in music education. While there, she was the director of the pep band, and she was a leader in numerous organizations in our, in our music conservatory there. She is a very good friend, and today she, we are going to be talking about the life and struggles of a music major, and we're also going to be talking about some other projects that Kenzie is going to be helping us with here at Gateway Arts Council, and that will be including our youth choir that we are starting up. You might have heard about that. So without further ado, here is Kenzie Newberry. Thank you for joining us today, Kenzie. Um, just to get started, how about you go over some of your things that you've been that you have done in music, your collegiate career, and what you have been doing thus far? Because I know you were one of the many students who, unfortunately, had to graduate during the pandemic era and got sent home early, and all of that other stuff. So why don't you go through and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, I graduated from Bluffton University in 2020. Um, so toward, it was the end of my senior year where um, the COVID pandemic hit. And so we had to go home in, it was March. We still had a couple more months of school, well, one, and then about a week. Um, so my senior recital was actually all online. Um, it was a very difficult thing for me to do because it was different from what I was used to um, and just kind of adjusting to being back home as well as picking up my job all of that it was a lot to kind of kind of take in um, but before the pandemic while I was at Bluffton I did um, I was in the choirs I was in concert band and I led the pet band for two two years um, that is the those are the biggest kind of achievements for me so great um can you elaborate just a little bit for, for our listeners who may not know anybody that was in college during the pandemic, just how all that went about? Because, as, you know, as your friend, you know, I think the way I found out was just one day I just texted you and I was like, hey, what's going on? Are you guys okay up there? Because obviously they're dormitories. They're, they're a Petri dish. So I was just checking in on everybody and just asking, you know, what's going on? And your response was, if you want to see me in person, you probably have like a week. And then you were mm -hmm. like, can you just come help me pack up a few things? Because I have to get out like now. Now, yes. So can you just go over just how that whole process was and how you transitioned into learning from home? Yeah. So, um, so it was, we had just come back from spring break like a week prior. COVID hit. Everyone's kind of like, whoa, what's happening? Ohio starts shutting down. Colleges all over the place. We're, we're kind of sitting in Marbeck, our, um, our little dining hall, and we're all kind of looking at each other, and we're like, are we next? Like, who's going to close? What's happening? Um, it was a lot, of, a lot of chaos and a lot of unsure about what's going on. Um, so we were all, like, everyone at, on campus was trying to figure out what, what's going to happen next. So um, they shut down all, like, in-person classes, they went all online. We were we were in Zoom classes. We were still allowed to stay in the dorms for another week or so. And then after that week comes um, and, and passes by, they send us another email and they say, well, um, we're going to have to shut down whole, all of campus. We need you all to move out by this day. And so we had about oh, three or four days to pack everything up and 
kind of move out, move home. And the rest of the school year was to be online from your own homes. So no one was on campus. Um, only the professors were there as far as I was aware. So it was, it was a lot of online classes. It was, um, it was practicing was very, very different, especially being at home um, because, you know, we have to go back. A lot of us went back to live with our parents. And so for me, that's a struggle because I don't like to be around people when I practice, especially ones that like have to work in the morning and oh, I like to practice yeah. late at night. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know? Yeah. So hundred percent. Yeah. So that was interesting for me. I tried to, so I went back, I went back, I'm from Defiance originally. So I went back there, picked up my job. I have a part-time, I had a part-time job at Meyer at the time. And so I was working mainly second shift. My parents were working first. So while they were gone during the daytime is when I would practice. So I was by myself. I didn't really have anything to worry about. Um, I had to record all of my um, all of my playing, all of my practicing, all of my um, all of my lessons were online, and it was just very very kind of weird and different. And I personally did not like it because I wasn't getting feedback like mm -hmm. right away, obviously, and it was it was more difficult. Yeah. And so with everything there, and I, I couldn't like go to guidance. I couldn't go to a different like to a door. Yeah. And get guidance from like. My professors yeah. or anything. I was just like there. If I needed something, I had to email them. They, I was no longer in personal contact with them. And that was a very hard transition for me because I am a very like people person. Mm -hmm. um, when I know who to go to, I, I go to them and talk to them. Yeah. And I, I want to explain this a little bit because I know in some colleges, it's very normal to do it this way. Just give your professor an email or send them a recording. In some places, that is completely normal. Right. If you, if for all of our listeners, if you don't know what Bluffton University is, Bluffton University is up north. It's about 20 minutes north of Lima. It's between Lima and Finley. It is a very small private college. And the music department, I'm trying to think. When I graduated, I think we had 20 majors. Roughly. Around probably. roughly 20 majors. So when she says just going up to somebody's door and getting help, that's very normal. That, that's just the way we did things, like I said, in like, you know, bigger places like you know, Capitol or OSU or in some places maybe even like Bowling Green. It's very normal to just you know, send your professor an audio clip or send them an email saying, hey, what can I do in this thing? At Bluffton, you would literally just you know, be sitting in the lounge and your professor would just you know, be five feet away from you sort of thing. Or just down the hall. The practice, the, our practice rooms were literally around their offices. So if we were working on something and we had a question, it was just you know, step out, three feet, knock, knock, knock. I have this thing. Right. So I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. I could, I could not imagine doing that. Right. Like, Especially at all. like we were so like close knit. Like not not only like the professors with the students, like all of the students together. We were just all very close knit and. We were we basically we thought each other of each other like as a like a family of yeah music majors at, oh yeah for the most absolutely part, so because like I left in 2019 I'm a year I was a year before you and I had a let's see I had you and then we had a lot of people that you know we would still try to see each other yeah. every now and then when that pandemic hit our music major family was done yeah like it snap of a finger it was just. It was gone. It was very we weird. We didn't see each other. Oh, for a while. For months. Until yeah. you moved from Defiance to Lima, 
I think was like the first time I actually saw you in person. It was a I good so. year. Probably. It was a while, yeah. Because like I came and saw you right when you said, "Hey, we're getting kicked out. Can you know mm-hmm. if you want to see me? Probably is now the time because after this, who knows what's going to happen?" Right. It was probably a good year. Probably. Like, when it she says music major family, that is a very, very true statement. Mm-hmm. It, it was just gone. So today we really wanted to talk about how to be a music major mm-hmm. and the life of a music major. Because I don't think everyone really gets it, especially in mm-hmm. high school. Because I for sure did not. Right. I had no clue oh, what I was doing. Like, None. By by far, no clue. Right. No, I agree. Me too. <laughs> so, yeah. When So to start off this conversation, let's just talk a little bit about transitioning from high school into college and what that truly means. Because I don't think there, there are some schools, you know, some high schools prepare their kids for the college level. Mm-hmm. But then there are others on the kind I feel like you're included in that with, like me, we did not know what to do or how to be right. ready or well, what kind of it kind of depends on your music teacher too you yeah. know like as soon as i told my my music director from defiance hey i think i'm gonna major in music she started to get me help yeah but unless she hadn't like if she had no idea she you know she never yeah. would have talked to me about it which yeah. is you know that's not her job to come to me and say no. what do you want to major in what do you want to major in you know no. like, so so i get it but um but like she like she did a very good job like just like setting the whole band up mm. for success as a group, um, and individually we had like you know fairly fairly really good players, and everything. And they like like for me when I was in uh, when I was a junior and a senior I had like a class B, in as a as a tenor sax player like yeah. I'm a clarinet player so it was really cool for me to go into solo ensemble with a tenor sax solo and a class B. Yeah. And then my senior year I had a um, a class A solo for. B flat clarinet and a class I think it was a class A for bass mm-hmm. clarinet. So I mean she she helped me as soon as I was like, yeah. I want to do this. And you really just hit the nail on the head there. Talk to your directors. Band right. or, either band or choir or I'll even throw just like you know theater in there. If you want to go into any form of music or arts, talk to your directors. Absolutely. And tell and also Tell them where you're thinking about going. Yeah. Because there's a very good chance that they know who that faculty member is. Exactly. A hundred percent. Like um, our vocal our vocal teacher here at Gateway Arts um, at Bluffton University, we have uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Crystal Sellers-Battle. He knows who she is. Right. Like, I don't know if he, uh, like, took lessons with her or anything, but he knew who she was, and he knew the repertoire that she likes. Right. Or, you know, the steps or, you know, the best way to communicate with her. Mm-hmm. It, the word spreads in the music and arts field very quickly. V- very quickly, people know who likes what, yes, and helps you pick what repertoire to impress mm-hmm. whatever person. So you really hit the nail on the head there. Talk to your directors. Absolutely. If they don't know, they can't help you. And if they don't know, call the people. Right. Call. Like the, they if, know what they if, want. If you were, <laughs> yeah, if you're going to like when I um decided to go to when I was looking into going to Bluffton. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I did when going through audition pieces, I just called them and said, what class do you like? And they told me, they said, if you don't come in here with a class A, then you don't bother. They said, you know, this this still is a college. So, you know, walk in here with a class A, because this was for uh, the Performing Arts Scholarship. Right. Which, you know, obviously I did not win that, you know, but I did not. Well, you had 
yeah. people. <laughs> class, you know, has to be class A. Here's what we want. Here's how you dress. They will help you. They want you to go to their school. Right. Just ask. And also, all of these colleges have an administrative assistant of some kind mm -hmm. who know these things. And when it's time for, you know, the season of auditions and, you know, potential music majors or potential arts majors, they know what these people want. They have that checklist of, I need this, I need this from you, I need this from you. So just do it. Just call them. In terms of like music though, what do you feel is the best, not me, well, I guess avenue is kind of the right word, or what practice is the best thing to have like in your back pocket for when you're going into music school for the first year? Now, now me, I'm an instrumentalist. And so, so for me, it's like you need some etudes, Instru like instrumentalists are big on etudes, um, have a couple of those ready. Um, and then obviously like, yeah, you want your class A solo. Um, the, uh, oh, the other really good thing to know is your scales because yes. I really did not like doing my scales. However, they do help. And I know that because obviously I've studied music yeah. for four years at this point and, and I've been in music, I've been in the music industry as an, an employee. So scales are so important yeah. as much as, as much as you hate them and I hate them. They're so important. Oh, everybody does. Mm -hmm. Like that's a... Yeah, you think that they don't, you recognize it though. Yes. Like you soon will. As, oh, as soon as you see a pattern and like in oh, your yeah. score, you're like, oh, there we go. Yeah. You know? and There's a reason why we practice them. Exactly. Or like, you know, even just for vocal warm ups, you're starting at, you know, one pitch right. and you're, you know, just doing, just doing a scale. You're going to see it. Exactly. You will see it. Right. My, my recommendation is piano. Because every college, every music study program needs, some, you will have to do some form of piano. And I will never forget walking into my first functional piano class, not having a lick of piano underneath my fingers. And the teacher went, okay, everybody, put your thumb on middle C. And I looked around, I raised my hand, and she went, yeah, Seth, what's up? And I said, which one's that? <laughs> And her jaw dropped, oh, no. <laughs> and she went, what do you mean? And I said, which one is middle C? And I remember a good friend of mine to the right of me, because we had, like, you know, headphones yeah, on. Yeah. We would practice with each other. And she went, you're kidding me, right? And I was like, nope. Where's middle C? And the teacher, you know, just kind of came up to me after class and went, you have no idea any of this, do you? And I said, not a clue. I said, I am bare bones. This is what you're dealing with. And you can have the it. Right. Most colleges have these functional piano classes yeah, yeah. for you know for these people. But if you can start, yeah. either can start at any earlier, either at a, <laughs> either at your school, mm -hmm. or if you go to church at your church, just sit at your piano, Something. or work it out with your band or choir director to just maybe learn a few scales just for the motion of the fingers. Because mm -hmm. when they would go like, okay, uh, finger number five, which one's that? Finger right. number three. Which one's that? Well, I guess it's the middle one. I don't know. <laughs> that that was that, to me. That was always the biggest one mm -hmm. to get some Ooh. form. To get some form of piano. Yes, because I was not very good at piano either. No. I did like I took like a few weeks of piano lessons like before college over summer, but it, it it was still a struggle all throughout the my entire college experience because you have to pass so many different. 
piano little piano test things. Oh my god! To graduate. <laughs> okay, now I'm getting PTSD. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it was it piano was a proficiencies. <laughs> piano proficiencies. If you don't know what you're doing, will be the bane of your existence. This is speaking as somebody who almost left a music major four times because of them. Because of piano. Yeah, we piano might do a podcast about that someday. But th- th- yes, th- I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to transition into one of the most important parts of being a music major: practicing. For me, pra- practice is important. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Practice is important. But every now and then, you will get a faculty member that will go, "You need to be practicing for three hours a day." When? When? Literally when? <laughs> when we are supposed to. Take, let's see. Okay, well, let's start with this. You were music ed. So if mm-hmm. I remember the number correctly, wasn't your semester hours like 18? Oh, yeah. I had between 17 and 18 credit hours. Since pretty your, much. Since pretty much your every single year. semester that I was in college, yeah. She, okay, she was music education and I was music business. I've talked about that a little bit on, the, on this podcast. Mine was much less. I had wiggle room for like if I screwed up a class... I had some wiggle room. You, on the other hand, and all music education majors, you screw up one class. You're there an extra year. That's right. just all there is to it. If yeah. something happens, like, you know, you fail music theory one, mm-hmm. you're, oh, you're, you're, done. You're, you're either switching majors to, like, music performance or something like that, mm-hmm. or you're staying for a fifth year. Right. Because they do not wait on you. The train keeps, the oh, train yeah, keeps rolling. So, okay, back to practicing. <laughs> I kind of went off. Wow. Like I said, PTSD kind of. We'll get there. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get get there. Practicing is very important. Mm -hmm. But there's just no earthly way in some of the requirements that some of these professors want. Right. There's just no way. It just, it depends on the professor. But, like, it also, it depends on, like, your schedule, how much you can handle. Like, you know. And even, even if you, like, have to set aside a half hour, like, a half hour between classes. Yeah once or twice a day, at least you're practicing, you know, um, that's understandable, but it, it's, sometimes it did, it felt like they were like, why aren't you practicing more, and I'm like, because I'm exhausted, I don't want to be here until 1 a.m., when I have like a 9 a.m. or an 8 a.m. class, yeah. you know, so it was, it was just very, because we were expected to do a lot, Yeah. not even just classes, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was on top of all of our music events that we had to do, and Oh, we're gonna we're gonna be getting into well, that. I know we're, we'll get there because we're gonna be doing ooh, a whole time. A we're gonna be doing a whole time management section because mm-hmm. you know we got that talk all the time. All the time. Your lessons come first before right. your gen ed classes. Mm-hmm. Your gen ed classes also helped you graduate. Right. No, and I like you're I still remember, pay, you're still remember, paying for those. <laughs> yeah, like I remember skipping gen ed classes in order to practice, and I would like look at my professor and say, "Hey, look, I skipped this class so I could practice," and he would say, "Good," and I was like. And that's not good. <laughs> no, it's really not. Like, if you're skipping classes to practice, especially your gen eds, right. that still matters. Like I just said, you're still paying for those. Right. You know, that still matters. And I think we need to start normalizing, and I'm sure in some places it's different. Right, right. What pr- practice mm-hmm. is, because like as a vocalist, I could sit there and memorize my words for, you know, 15 minutes before, you know, choir practice or while I'm, you know, got a 15 minute break between classes. I could just open my book and, you know, start looking at some words 
or mm-hmm. like reciting some foreign language. You don't have to be in the studio room to count out to count as practice. Right. That that's just that always baffles my mind that there are still people like that that think you have to be actually either singing or playing for practice. No. You could be fingering along. Mm-hmm. You could be mouthing some words. You could be practicing your pronunciation. Even just your stance. Right. In my opinion. Right. Especially for vocalists. Too. Yeah. I mean, it does. It is a thing for instrumentalists, but not nearly as much because obviously we still need that breast support. Yeah. But like, it's it's more important for vocalists. I feel. Yeah. So. But yeah, I always feel like we need to start normalizing what practice actually right. is. Because there's so many ways you can practice. You can yes. listen to your pieces, and that oh. still should count as practice. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like it should anyway. Because, yeah. Oh, it Because it, it puts it in your ear, and yeah. then you know what it sounds like, and then you can move on from there. Yeah. You know, like. Now, now I want to get into the nitty-gritty of what being a music major, or, you know, I'm like I said, we're going to encapsulate either, you know, either vocalist instrumentalist and i also kind of want to throw in there just like our theater friends also because yeah, yeah. we had enough of those absolutely or even just fine arts like visual mm-hmm. arts we also knew enough of them we know what this schedule is we know what this schedule is like yeah it is like compared to a student athlete mm-hmm. if you really want to get down to it yeah it's really. basically it's basically the same it, yeah. it, it truly is so I, I guess i probably should have asked you this but why don't you if why don't you go through just I know I'm asking to remember what a just a day a what day? Ju- what just a day if you want to think about it, I can go through mine right well yeah why don't you go through yours and I'll, okay I'm sure I'll remember one of them <laughs> let's start with this if you are a music major who enjoys practicing in the morning or practices in the evening your schedules are really going to change. You need to find out right as soon as you basically start school, do I want to try to practice in the morning? Do I want to try to practice in the afternoon? Or do I want to try to practice in the evening? Because you need to schedule it around that. And luckily, we did have help with that. Right. Like for, with our advisor, you know, we you know, mapped out, you know, okay, when's your free time? When are you going to practice? My mornings basically always started 7 a.m. at the latest. My classes would generally start around 9 and I was practicing basically, I would try, I would honestly, even my freshman year, I would be in the music building before the upper class one. Mm-hmm. And they would always go, why are you here? Well, I'm, a, I'm an early bird. I, ju- I just am. I would be there, you know, basically 7 to 8.30 doing something. And then you have classes until, let's see, 9 to noon. And then mm-hmm. noon is choir. Mm-hmm. And then... You might have one o'clock available. You might go eat lunch, or you might have to have a friend get you a lunch and then eat it real quick before you go to a one o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then you usually go one to three doing classes. Three to five, three to five usually doing practicing or just you also have homework, you know. Well, and we had ensembles too during and, that time. Oh, yeah. Know, and then you'll get into ensembles. From like, you know, let's say just 5 to 6.30. And then you might have a job in there too. Depends on the day. Again. It depends <laughs> on the day. And that it, it's just one of those things that I really, especially young people that are thinking about going into music, going into just the arts in general. Mm-hmm. Time management will always 
be your friend because we both know people who have burnt out yeah, because absolutely. they just didn't manage their time well. There were semesters I burnt myself out trying to do way too oh, much God, for like yes. not only me but other people. Like, oh, oh, that's another thing. Learn to say no. Absolutely. That is if so you don't, important. If you so don't important. say no, you're done. And that's, mm-hmm. ju- that's just the cold, honest truth. Yeah. If you don't learn to say no to some, especially professors, if you, don't learn to, if, you, if you don't learn to say no to some professors, you're done. Because mm-hmm. you can't be involved in everything. There's just yeah. no, there's no way. You just can't. Yeah. Like, let's say, uh, okay, uh, my senior year, you were a pep, you were the pep band director, mm-hmm. and I was a stage manager. Yep. Two full time jobs, basically. Pretty. If much. you really want to get down to it, basically two full time jobs. I said no to some ensembles. I said no to many things. Right. Because I was like, because and also it was jobs for our future. Yeah. I took that stage managing job. And in some ways, that's kind of how I'm working here. Right. Because they needed Absolutely. someone that kind of had that expertise. Mm-hmm. And you're a music edu- music educator, so you right. needed that directorship. Mm-hmm. So t- just time management. Yeah, absolutely. Is... You, you, need, you need to know how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... And, and that's one thing like, they talked to us about. It's in the, first, in the first couple of weeks when we had the little... Oh, what were they called? Their little music lab. Mm-hmm. When we had those, they were like, hey, like, you need to you know, do this. And we said, okay, cool. You know, and at the time, you're a little 18, 19 year old, and you're like, I know what I'm doing, and, and you really don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you think you know, but you really don't until you get into it. Yeah, you're kids. So, yeah, exactly. You know, when you're in you know, your freshman year, you are a child still. Yeah. You have no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And especially, in, you know, in a music education degree, you're asking a child to basically pick up, you know, 20 hours of classwork. Right. And saying, do it. Mm-hmm. That is... So hard. It is. It is. Especially, like, if you did well in high school, like, without, you know, trying. Oh. Because, I, I mean, I was one of those kids. I didn't really have to try in high school yeah. a whole lot. I would pass no matter what I did. Yeah. It wasn't hard for me. And I come to college, and I'm like, whoa, I have to do things and, like, try at mm-hmm. them to get better and, you know, and, and keep going. And so that was, that was a hard transition for me was just the, the work amount and then all these other things on top of it yep. that were, like, do them like they were physical things I had to do. They were like I worked in the in the sound booth while yep. I was there. Again, I was in charge of the pep band, and so that that in itself like felt like a full time job. Yeah. So I know I keep harping on this, but just learn to say no. Really, really, because there were there were times where where like musical, for example, musical yep. season for for like you guys. Like I was in the pit one year mm-hmm. for for musical and that in itself for me was like, whoa, like this is a lot. I cannot like I could not ever imagine actually being in the musical because I only had to be there like four different times plus the shows. Yeah. Like so <laughs> either learn to say no or talk with your directors about, you know, like you just said musical. My senior year I had my recital. Mhm. So I basically, I told her just one day in a private lesson, I want to do the musical. I do not want to be very big in the musical, though. And she said, okay, I know what we're going to do then. Mm-hmm. And let's, it, it was Guys and Dolls. So if you know the character of Nathan Detroit, he pops in, like, the opening scene, and then he's gone for, like, 20 minutes, and then he pops back in for, like, a few little quick one-liners. And then he pops out again, and then he comes back for like one his big number, and then done. All done. 
learn have that relationship with your director. Right, absolutely. Which and I know we didn't have that in a, we did, I know we didn't have that in a talking point. But I want okay. I want to talk about this yeah, too. Yeah, it's important. If you're not good to your directors, they're not going to give you the time of day. Right. Because once again, we both know. We have We have that. seen that. Yeah. If you don't put forth the effort, if you don't give them the time of day, or when they ask you, what can I do for you? And you say nothing. You are gone. You're done. In their they're heads. they're they're focused on they, the other people. Yep, they are who done are trying you. and yep. who are asking for help. They are done with you, mm-hmm. and they will take the opportunity to be done with you when your junior standing comes along. Yep. Because that's will. another thing that let's talk about this real quick. And I believe it is every university. Every university has some sort of like barrier. So like we call it a junior standing. I yeah. know other schools call it sophomore barriers. Yeah. It's at the end of your sophomore year, you know, and, and it's, it's into your junior year. And it's basically them saying, can you go? Right. You know, before you keep going, especially getting in like into student teaching territory. Especially, yeah, because that comes your senior year. For yeah. Like if you're not ready by the end of your sophomore year, you're done. Yeah, they will. They, I mean, you can pass with remediation, which uh, is which is not like a bad thing. No, I did. You just need, yeah. yeah. And I, I know a couple of people have like, um, I, I did not, but there were a couple of people in my class that did. Yeah. I just, I just passed, but that's a different story. So. But like, treat them well. Yeah, and they will. You know. They, you know, they, once again, like you know, we were talking about music major family earlier. Yeah. They are still your family. Right. They are still part of that, whether or not, you know, whether or you, not you realize you, it. If, if time. I don't care if you don't want them to, they still are. We had faculty members go to the hospital with right. us. Right. You know, that that happens. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen that plenty of times where you're like, you know, we'll call somebody, you know, and somebody needs to go to the hospital at like, you know, 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And the parents aren't there, but we need an adult. Right. So and what so, do you do? We called one of the faculty members. We called, mm-hmm. it, it was an adjunct faculty member. Right. She was only that. there for like three months. Yeah. But we needed an adult and she like lived just down the street. So we said, we need somebody that can knows this jargon right. while we're waiting for the parents. Treat your directors and your professors well. Give them the Absolutely. time of day mm-hmm. or you're screwed. And they're, I know I'm really being frank here, but you right. are screwed. Like, they're there to help you. And if you don't want that, they will take that away. Like, it's so important to have that, that resource. So important. Yeah. Next thing that I want to kind of segue into, and I know we kind of talk about, but life of a music major. But I also want to talk about just how fun it is. Yeah. Because the way I, because I've had a few people here, you know, here at Gateway Arts Council, you know, we have some studio kids here. Yeah, yeah. And if they are kind of considering, like, you know, going into music, Mm -hmm. I will just tell them, it is the hardest thing you will ever do in your life, but it will also be the most rewarding thing you will ever do. I could not, I I could not imagine my life without that. Right. Those four years of just doing straight music for four years straight Mm -hmm. will be the best years of my life absolutely like i mean that's why we're friends you know that's where we met yeah you know like some of my best friends are from there oh absolutely you know i still i don't talk to them maybe as much as we did obviously because we saw each other every day but but you're with each other 7 Mm a.m to basically 11 p.m in some cases you've got to learn to like each other yeah (laughs) 
And I mean, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's the best time of your life because you meet all these people and then you share all of your like troubles and all of your rewarding things and, and all of those. And, and it becomes like, again, like your family, I mean, you know, but yeah, like we don't see each other anymore. However, we still, you know, we have all this technology now anymore and we can talk to each other that way. Yeah. Like I would like, video chat of people, especially when COVID hit, I would video chat a bunch of people from school. And mm -hmm. so that would help me quite a bit. That just helped me feel better. Yeah. Like they were still there. Like I could still talk to them, see them, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's a family. Mm -hmm. You know, you know going in there, you have one thing that brings you all together, and that's music. Right. You're all there for the same thing. Absolutely. You You really are. So just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You know, there are times, and be, you have to support each other. Yeah. Especially, you know, there were times, you know, me and you, we piggybacked off each other. Yeah. For like a good year. Because I, I, failed, one th I failed one thing. So I took, even though she was a year younger than me, I took all my class with classes with you because mm -hmm. I failed my I failed my first round, so I ended up in your guys' class. Yeah, and so you were with us moving forward. I mean, you and I were like we were we partners had, basically. We the had whole we time. had to. Yeah, I know because we we struggled with the same things. Right, exactly. You no, know, we were good at the same things and we struggled with the same things. There you are a couple have, of things that differed. But. Well, duh. <laughs> but find your group. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, it was and so nice. help each other. Mm -hmm. That you're not going to survive if you don't. If you go exactly. in there and you try to do it all on your own, you're you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna make it. You're gonna need other people. Cause you will. Like let's just take let's just take an example. Like if you fail if you fail something, you need a support system. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you're it's it'll eat you alive. Yeah, it, it truly it really yeah. will. And, like, we've seen that with some people. There were some people that did not just, they did not want to be, like, around other people. They just wanted to do their own thing, which is fine in some ways. Yeah. But, like, you want you want those people that you can go to and be like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Even though they're not, like, you know, from where you're from or they don't know anything about you to start with, that doesn't mean they can't get to know you that, you know, in that way and yeah. all of that. They can learn all about you. Like, you're still a person, you know. So. Yeah. But, no, it... Anyone that's listening that is remotely thinking about doing this, if there's any like high school students listening to these, do it. It is worth it. You, it was it, very fun. You're gonna know if it's right for you real quick. Absolutely. After your first year, you should you should know. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd say first semester. That's true too. First semester. Sometimes it depends on the. Well, person. actually, no. First year because you'll get through it music. The you'll get through music theory, theory and oral skills. Yeah, that's true. If you. If you, you know, you get there and you're not really feeling music theory or oral skills, right. kind of like I was, then you know you got a problem. Right. And you'll, you'll, know, you'll know rather quick, but mm -hmm. just do it. It's fun. And it's, I mean, like, the skills you learn, too. I, oh do you God. remember when I was 18, I came in and I was little and shy and I didn't yep. talk to anybody and now I'm really loud and, <laughs> oh, and God. I'm just like yeah, so, you... so much more social. I have so many more leadership skills. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in charge of things that I was like, didn't ever think I would be in charge of, yeah. you know? And speaking of being in charge of things, we're going to say, we're going to segue out of the whole music major thing. Cause now I would, 
we kind of, we've been going over the time limit. We, for all of our listeners, Ellen's not here right now. Ellen's on vacation, so I'm usually the timekeeper of all these things to make sure the conversation stops when it needs to. Well, we're going okay. over. That's yeah, it's fine. Good conversation. I want yeah, it is. It's a great conversation <laughs> to have. It's one that we don't that doesn't get talked about enough. Right. I but agree. now I want to switch into something that you're partnering up with us here yeah. at Gateway, which I am so excited about. <laughs> Because I like working with you, obviously. Yeah, well, I hope so. (laughs) Here at Gateway, we are in the process of creating a youth choir. The youth choir will be available for children ages 9 through 14. And it will be be set up in sessions. Like right now, we we are looking into starting rehearsals in October in preparation for a holiday concert. So that will be like our holiday session. And the, the sessions will be labeled in terms of their concert dates. So we're going to have a session in the holiday season in December. And then we'll have one in spring. And then we'll have one in summer. So we're looking at, we're looking at three sessions right now. And Kenzie is going to be the director of this youth choir. Mm-hmm. We, oh my God, how long have we been talking about this now? Oh, it's been a few months. A few months at the very, very I think least. I came to you about a few months ago. We had, yeah. we had this idea because we wanted to give kids around this area another avenue of performance. Because mm-hmm. there's not a lot around here. Right. It's, you come from a small-ish town, yeah. and we went to college in a small town. Yes. We know yeah. kids need performance opportunities. So this is a good this is a good chance for kids to do that. So Kenzie is going to be the director of this. We hope to be starting in October. If you want any information, please just call us at the Gateway Arts Council. Our number is 937-498-2787. If you are a local student around here, we have sent we have sent materials to your director if they are out. Just get a, get a hold of us. That is 100% okay. Stop by our offices. We can get you the information that you need. Keep an eye on our Facebook page and our website. Probably in the next, I would say, month or two, we're really going to start getting started on it. We hope to have everything concrete over summer in terms of rehearsal places, our concert, our concert venues, and just kind of getting a gauge of how many people we're going to have participating in it. Oh, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up. This will be, I don't know if traveling is the right word, but kind of traveling, a traveling youth choir. Depending on how many kids sign up from a specific area is where the rehearsals are going to take place. So let's just say, for instance, in this first session is basically all Sydney Sydney area kids. Rehearsals and performances will be in Sydney. And then let's say that in the next session, in the spring, we get a lot more Bakken's and um, Jackson Center crew. We will move it to that area. And then let's say that, okay, what if we start getting more Houston, Rushi, and some, and some more Sydney? Okay, then we'll move back into that area. And this is also available for our friends up in the north in, Wap- in Wapak, New Knoxville, New Bremen. This is not strictly a Sydney or Shelby County youth choir. This is a regional youth choir. So as 
the pot, so as our um, population in this grows in this in this choir, we'll decide where it goes. So we'll just have to keep an eye out on how on how um, how our numbers are looking, and then from there we will decide where it's going to go. I will say probably for certain though. I think we can just kind of say it. The first session will be in Sydney. Just just to start out, it will it will be starting out in in the Sydney area. We're not going to say yet where we are going to be rehearsing or where we're going to be performing at, but just count on the first session being in the Sydney area. So would you like to just talk about music or what kind of music that you're looking forward to performing or what you're excited about with this? I mean, it's a very new thing for me because I've, I've always been an instrumentalist. Now, I have conducted choir. I conducted a choir in college. Um, for it was, it was just one concert, but I have experience with it. And everything and so it's a little bit out of my like normal territory which is fine I still know how to do it um, and everything but uh, I mean I'm excited to get into that it's it's music directing which is what I went to school for you know I'm, um, I'm very excited for that and uh, I mean the the kind of music obviously for like holiday session yeah. it's gonna be holiday music like that'll be fun um, um, and so like in the spring I want to look more into um, kind of like pops music Stuff like that, um, more popular tunes. Um, we had talked about over the summer, maybe doing some more patriotic yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about Memorial Day, Memorial Day, and Day. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, some more, more patriotic going on there. So, I mean, I'm very excited. I I'd like to meet some like new faces. I'm not um, I'm not from this area, so I moved down here six oh seven months ago at this point. Oh no, you so, haven't. Have you really? October. Been? It was October when I moved, so Dang. this month makes the seventh month that I've been down Dang. in this area. So, and like obviously, I went to college in this area, or kind of this area. So, so I'm excited to just like be here too. I'm I'm out of my shell. I'm kind of new in this area, and it's it's fun for me. So, I enjoy it. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, Absolutely. It was kind of convenient. You were here. We were working on some youth choir stuff. So I figured, hell, let's. Let's put you down in a podcast and let's just get this going. Right. If you have any questions regarding the youth choir, call us at 937-498-2787. Or you can stop in anytime any, if you have any questions. Um, like I said, there should be sign-up. Your band directors will ha should have some sign-up sheets. Or if you want one, get a hold of us. Shoot us a message on Facebook that you can, we can get you one. So I want to thank you for taking this time to meet with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. This has been great. And we will see you in the next one.